interrogate you, interrogate me, interrogating everybody else. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. It's good to be back. It's the day after the election. It's also the feast of St. Charles Borromeo. And the day I was baptized. About death. We want to talk about death? Yes. Very well. Because... I feel like it's 2020. I think everyone feels like dying at some point during this year and just mm. going on to the great beyond. Oh, I wish I had my book. I had a great sentence about death and the office of readings from the office of the dead. It was delightful. The office of the readings of the office of the dead. Yeah, yeah. So every you, you pray the office of readings every morning as a priest. And uh, there was a great uh, sermon by or something or letter by a church father. And I was just like, it said, it said basically that... Death is a reward, not a punishment. That, I that mean, if, I mean uh, that, coming out the of... Point, the point was immortality would actually be a curse So for the elves. Coming out of 2020, I think a lot of people would see death as a reward. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's unnatural, right? Right. Uh, because it's caused by sin. But it's, uh, the resolution to it is a good one caused by Jesus, right? Right. So we, we die to eternal life. So we actually should be looking forward to death. Um, the, the pandemic has revealed that most people do not look forward to the sweet embrace of the darkness of death, which is probably a good thing uh, in some ways. But it's also, it's like, I think of our society now as like, the worst thing that can happen to you is that you can die. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. The worst thing that could happen is your eternal damnation. That is a far, far worse thing. Could you imagine just waking up in the cold, icy chill of hell? Mm. Well, they've got the ice department. They've also got the heat department. Depends on where you get stationed. Depends on how prideful you are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what can Catholics do with their body after they die? They can, they can bury them in the ground. Well, they can, they can cremate the remains. It used to be you couldn't cremate. What about, that changed. Why can't Catholics donate their body to science? They can. Oh, they can? Mm-hmm. Just bring it, give it back to us after you're done. Chop, oh. chop, chop. We want the remains. That's weird. We want it back. Reminds me when oh. I was a little child. My mom was reading to me uh, a couple nights ago about things I'd said as a child. Would you like to hear some of the disturbing things? They're probably not that disturbing, but go ahead. <laughs> this one actually was. Uh, apparently, the babysitter came over to look over me and my sister. My first lines were to her, you know, babysitter. Uh, my sister and I, we kids, parents like babysitters. But we, we kids, we don't like babysitters. And we don't like you. And we're going to... K- kill you and chop you up into little pieces. <laughs> and I was saying this, I was like three. I was like a mob hitman and I was just three. That's my funny little story as a child. Yeah, it's not that disturbing. No. Okay. My sister once asked me, uh, my mother, mommy, what do reindeer eat? And from the back of the car, you heard me say, human. <laughs> <laughs> and that made Christmas rather terrifying for my sister. So, we can... Be buried in the ground. Correct. We can be cremated. Correct. Your lifeless corpse can be dropped into the sea if you were sailing from here to the, the old world or back again. Can we still drop our body into the sea? Not uh, purposefully. No. Because you want a place of, uh, for instance, on Monday, it's funny, we're, we're talking a lot about death in November, right? It's the day, yes. of, it's the, we just celebrated the, and I went to Arlington Cemetery this past Monday to say, 
to go and visit my the columbarium where my grandfather and my grandmother are buried. And I got to tell you, it's a very spiritually good experience uh, being at Arlington Cemetery and seeing all the tombstones. And how and, pretty they're lined up. Oh, they're and, really lined up. Oh, my gosh. You can look at it from any angle and just yeah. see a line. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Yes. Um, but but in the columbarium where my, my grandparents are buried, is there's something very like a pilgrimage to that. You know, like I had to drive across the river into the land of Virginia. I had to I had to fight through all these incredibly crazy COVID security things. And I was looking out at all the dead going, I can't believe you guys died for this, that we have to be, well, the masks, I understand, but like, you have to walk over here. You can't walk over here. You have to be over here. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you guys insane? You know, uh, it was, it was just, it was just like, let people walk around the land that they gave your taxes to pay for. You know, it, it gets me fired up. Um, so, but, but going down there, watching the, the Air Force and the military do their rights for their, the different servicemen mm-hmm. who passed away, it was really powerful. And um, it, was, it, was, it was good to meditate upon death and, uh, and to remember my ancestors who had died, you know? So, I, I, for instance, but my, that's on my mom's side, who's Catholic, so they did the burial. But my, my dad's side, to show you how bleak this is, they're in Oregon and both of their remains, they were cremated, both of them. And they're just in my, you know, aunt and uncle's closet. Um, I have no idea where I would even find their, I have no idea where they're going to be buried. We're a people who don't um, have a connection to the land anymore, which is like, like, for instance, if you were to die, where would you be buried? Probably in a cemetery somewhere. Somewhere around here, right? Yeah. But it's like, uh, we, we, don't, we don't keep the memory of the dead. You know, it's just very unfortunate. Some people, Catholics, do in this parish in, in beautiful ways, but um, but it's something we need to just remember. Um, I remember one person when they had the COVID restrictions, they weren't allowed to visit cemeteries, right? Uh, in the beginning, which was just insane. Uh, they said only five people out in the cemetery at a time. I'm like, oh my gosh. But anyway, she was so furious because she would go every month uh, to visit uh, some relative who had died there. There's something very beautiful about that. We're, we're a people now who no longer remember our ancestors because we're so self-absorbed. Um, but there's something, being in that connection with the generations that have gone before us give us a greater sense of respect for the institutions and the culture and the traditions which we currently have inherited. Um, yes. So being in the month of death. Yes. And resurrections. Ooh. Not yet, but yes, eventually. Well, at least the soul. Yeah, resurrection, they- we got to be careful with that word. Resurrection means the, uh, the body and the soul um, coming back. Uh, so it's 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 technically a person who dies does not resurrect. That comes later on the last day. Person who dies goes to heaven. That foreign land of angels. Yes, In the fiery love of God. Yes. Um. Yes. So on the first we celebrate all of the saints. Yes. And on the second we pray for all of the souls in purgatory. Yes. Why isn't the second one a holy day of obligation? Mm. Wouldn't it make more sense? Mm, mm, mm. You already know that the saints are in heaven. We ask them to join us at the mass every single That's a great question. day that we celebrate. That's a great question. Why would you not want as many people praying for as many souls in the purgatory as possible? That's a great question. 
I think I think you really make a good point. I don't have an answer for that. That's a really good question. Because I know personally mm-hmm. that if I make it to purgatory, God willing, mm-hmm. I'd want people to pray for my soul mm-hmm. and write my name in a book somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt good doing saying a rosary for my grandparents at Arlington uh, before the before the Columbarium, at the, where they were the niche where they were. It just it feels. It's like this is the right thing to do. You know, it's funny when we, when cel- on All Saints Day, I wear white. Yes. Uh, because you're celebrating all the saints. On All Souls Day, the, the order actually says to wear white. This does not please me. It should be purple or black. I prefer purple uh, just because, I don't know. You don't uh, wear purple that often besides during well, Advent. Well, I mean, you rarely wear black ever. Um, That's true. Yeah, a black would be usually was the color for funerals. But so when I die, you can you can wear black. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> um, but but uh, oh, actually, we should because you guys are all like goth and everything. That'd be sweet. Um, but anyway, with with with, I remember uh, the sacristan. I put out purple for the mass, and the sacristan just goes, "Oh, it's supposed to be white." And she and I go. Actually, there's a note that says you can use purple or black. And the reason why I like purple is I wear purple. I wear a purple stole when I exercise people or when I uh, go visit people in the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a color of healing ministry. And uh, I find the Mass of the All Souls is a Mass where you are offering healing. And I gave a good line, which I was very impressed with myself, which was, purgatory has never lost a single patient, Right. Um, everybody who checks into the hospital at purgatory eventually goes to heaven. Some have to be there and for longer treatment, right? Right. Some have to go to the ICU unit because they just barely made it, right? But some came in there and they're like, I just coming in for a checkup. Oh yeah, I need a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then we will, we'll dismiss you. And so the, the purgatory, I see a lot like a hospital. Nobody ever likes to go to the hospital. It's not fun, but you'd rather go to the hospital and get well than just hang around a haunted house and never um, and never get that healing you need to pass on to the next uh, to to heaven. So there's this thing called planetary indulgence. Plan- plenary. Yeah. Plenary, yeah. What is that? Oh man, yes, the tough question. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like something where you do like something. Like my mom, as soon as I came home, I told my mom, I go in to visit grandpa and grandma. We call them Grandmoli and Grandpoli uh, at Arlington. She goes, oh, you could get a plenary indulgence. You have to go to confession and then you have to go to mass and then you have a plenary indulgence. It means all the punishment, all the temporal punishment for sin is that you would have to suffer for in purgatory it can be expunged. See, that seems a little... Legalistic? Yeah. The, the, bizarre because I, I feel like... You have to you have to basically also satisfy all the um, prerequisites for getting to heaven anyway. Like love God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, but I mean, the way it reads, the way it sounds, is that like you can just do this, and you're going to go straight to heaven. Correct. I don't like that. Okay, go on with that because I would agree with you in some some degree. Go on. I, I feel like I feel like we're playing God a little bit. Yes. But not in a good way. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, Jesus does say what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. With with the plenary indulgence, there's always on top of that, like, 
you actually have to have faith. You actually have to have a relationship with Jesus. You can't just be going through the motions. So there has to be true contrition in the confession and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I feel like this kind of goes back to what, and I'm going to bring up a sour name, Martin Luther. Oh, yes. Kind of brought up about how, like, oh, yes, if you give us a little bit more money, we'll cut your time off in purgatory. Yeah. It, a lot of the things that he fought before the breakaway, you know, the, the stuff mm-hmm. he really tried to fight and keep the church together mm-hmm. before he got fed up and was like, obviously nobody's listening to me, so I'm going to go do all my own thing. Mm-hmm. Which I still don't think, reading more and more about him, he ever really wanted to do. Correct. But what happens, happens. He just wanted to marry that fine-looking nun. <laughs> and they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So, so he, uh, he got into trouble. But, yeah, I think with Luther, um, he, he, the, the interesting thing is, so how, how, what are some things you can do to uh, get off time in purgatory or atone for sins or make up for that? You can do fasting, right? You can do more prayer. You can do almsgiving. You can even do a pilgrimage to a holy site, right? And so... You, for instance, you would go to confession. You say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I gazed lustfully at a woman other than my wife. And then I would say unto thee, I would say, very well, bread and water fast for three weeks. And you'd be like, Father, I, I cannot fast for bread and water for three weeks. And I go, very well, since you cannot do the fasting, perhaps you can do the almsgiving. Uh, you need to give to the church such and such an amount. And you'd say, oh, that's much easier than fasting or or going on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, right? So Mm -hmm. there's this practice called commutations where you would commute a person's sentence uh, or their penance based upon um, the, so it's like basically bail. (laughs) Right. You'd have to post bail. Um, I I would concur with you that these, the practice, then then that swiftly shifted to, okay, we're not even going to ask him to fast anymore, just uh, just give us your money. <laughs> and you can get some indulgences and get to purga- out of purgatory quickly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would concur. I also would, I don't, it, the idea of selling indulgences, bad, and the church condemns. Uh, but indulgences in of themselves, uh, again, can promote piety. They can promote piety in the right light. I just, I feel like, it's very transactional, though. Yeah. And, and, and I, don't, I also concur. I'm not a big transactional fan. It feels a little transactional, and it feels like I can take advantage of it a little bit. Uh, perhaps, but I disagree with you, and I now sentence you to... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't have that much money, so I don't think you can. That's true. Uh, <laughs> just fast. <laughs> but like, I feel like... I don't know. I'm one of those people that always looks for loopholes and things. Yes. Um. I guess you can say that used to be, you know, part of my job was to look for like mm-hmm. just like pitfalls and things that yeah. kind of like I I, I, I never I never um, it's just not part of my spirituality to be honest with you the, the whole indulgence thing yeah I mean some Catholics are going to <gasps> gasp I'm like ah, it's just not my shindig you know yeah and I just I don't think it's my shindig either but yeah. again I can find this loophole where yes I do have the faith yes I do. You know, when I do go to confession, I atone for my sins and heartfully sorry. And mm-hmm. I still feel like even if you are all those things, you can still do it. But if you're, you know, 
I think if you also, I think you'll find it more pleasurable if you do it in a British accent for fun. <laughs> so like, bless me, Father, for I have made a pilgrimage from the Holy Land of the Sacred Heart and Northern Bowie on my knees. My hands have been gnawed with constant prayer. My eyes burn from ceaseless gazing upon the most blessed sacrament. Um... Has anybody suffered as I have suffered for the Lord? And I'm here to have the sacrament of penance and look forward to whatever chastisements you think would be good for the mortification of my flesh. And that would be fun. So you have to get into it, though. You have to use like a Lord of the Rings kind of thing and British accent. <sighs> then, then that makes it all just as fun. Obviously, with the whole purgatory thing and going yes. in to cemeteries, we have a very different view than other religions on death. Yes. So I may I go off on a tangent and, and random rant. Please. I I am dis, I here's something that does get me fired up. I don't like whitewashing death. Uh in particularly it's a new tradition where people are like oh, it's a celebration of life. I'm like there's there's this especially in the United States. Um there is this we had a great funeral for this family from Africa and they're like you get death, right? This is a time of sorrow. It is painful, and you are not running away from grief, right? Americans immediately are like, I'll put on a happy face. Let's get back to normal life. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay to grieve. And um, this is one of the issues why I would prefer, and I don't do it yet because I'm conciliatory to maybe too much a degree, but purple, wearing purple at a funeral to honor the grief and the mourning of the family. It's been the tradition here to wear white, so I haven't changed that. But I feel like I'm whitewashing grief, right? We're like, hey, everything's going to be good. Just remember the good times, and, and, and let's get past this as quickly as possible. I'll even hear that from families. They'll say, I just want to get past this as quickly as possible. I'm like, why are you so afraid of grief? Why not, why not, allow, it, why not allow yourself to go through that? And um, because they're like, this doesn't feel good. And I'm like, not all life is going to feel good, and this is going to be bad. But you'll see it with like um, other other uh, other nationalities. They're just weeping their guts out when somebody they love dies. There's, there's right. wailing and there's gnashing of teeth. And I'm like, that's fine, you know. But in, in the in maybe it's a British thing or something. Ah, oh, step up a lip. Don't want to show any tears, you know. And I'm like, oh, for Pete's sake, you know. It's it's. Uh, but uh, you know, Italians. You always see it in the movie. Ah, oh, Rodrigo. Uh, Whatever is a good name for a uh, Domenico. Give me a good Italian name here. Angelino. Angelino. I lost my baby, Angelino. Wow, Angelino. And there's something beautiful about that, you know? Yeah. And, and, but other cultures, it's okay to grieve. In our American culture, we have such a fear of death that grieving isn't considered okay. Um, and that, that fills me with not rage, but disappointment ah, it's more than it's more like anger <laughs> not like rage but i'm like you guys are just um that's why i say disappointment because like yeah, disappointment. you're not you're not mad you're right disappointed it's a little more than disappointed because okay. i'm because I, I i'm like because i because i get mad at the it's very it's very unnatural and forced how they're trying to say but we're going to put on a happy face and da 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 i'm like that's okay but you can also grieve one of the best things i ever learned when i was a priest was when my first anointing of the sick at five o'clock in the morning i come into the hospital room a wife's husband died of a massive heart attack and i walk in and i don't know what to do it's my first time doing this as a priest and i say i'm so sorry for your loss she takes me by both arms and she looks me in the eyes and she says 
I hate it when priests say that. And I said, well, it was a very good educational lesson for me because because <laughs> I realized, yeah, I was just giving her a stock answer. Right. Now, whenever I walk into an emergency situation, I always say, what happened? And I've been in situations where like a mother has lost her son and she's weeping uncontrollably and the whole family looks at Padre, uh, fix this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, we're going to just pray the rosary together and just kind of help her to calm down. And... Um, so you have to deal with that a lot. And what's happening to me ever since I, I've kind of gone into like my office space, like chill. Yeah, lost all your marbles. Su- su- and- yeah, and then got them back a little bit and yeah. wore some. I'm much more direct with people now. It's good. It's, it's, it is good. It feels good too. So I just like tell it like it is. And they, they really like the authenticity and the honesty. Um, so we're just going to keep going down that road because it works like a charm. Um, you know, um, it really does. It's, it, and it's, it's enjoyable. I'm actually really enjoying being a priest now because I'm just the, 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 basically the muzzle has come off and I don't really pay attention to what comes out of my speech. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I so think anyway. it's good. I think it's good. So anyway, don't whitewash grief. Uh, yeah. Other religions when it comes to death, mm-hmm. some are like, so we have our cemeteries open. Mm-hmm. You can go visit the dead. Mm-hmm. You can go look, walk around mm-hmm. and, and see when other people died, mm-hmm. and like, ah, I'm gonna go pray for this guy now because mm-hmm. he died all the way back in 1832, and mm-hmm. who knows the last person who's mm-hmm. actually prayed for this soul. True. But then you get like the Jewish, some of the Jewish traditions and stuff. The dead are dead. Let the dead bury the dead. It's Jesus. Yes, it is. So, why? What is okay? We're gonna get two questions out of that because mm-hmm. now I got a question on that. Mm-hmm. Why does he say that? What is that supposed to mean? Let the dead bury the dead. Yeah, focus on the living. But then, part right. two is then why don't we just let the dead be dead? That's a great question. Um, I would say because love, love draws us to to pray for others. So here's also when when Jesus was said that he was saying it to a guy who he wanted to follow him. And the guy was using burying his father as an excuse for not following him. Mm. And so there, there's, there's some context there. But I also think um, you, don't, you don't want to uh, basically mull over it. Yeah, but you do want to, to pray for those who are dead. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a noble thing. Um, but here's the thing. You need to do what Jesus tells you. Right when Jesus says "follow me," and like I need to bury the dead, he goes, "That's not what I told you to do." You know, so there's a time to pray for the dead. There's a time to work for the living, and and it's a constant being shepherded by Jesus in your life to figure out what He wants you to do at certain times, and what He doesn't want you to do at certain times. And so it's just a constant check in with Him all the time, and and so that you and you so basically you and Jesus basically have share the same heart throughout the day. Until it, you know, stops working and then you don't need a heart anymore. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. But but heart, as we Christians would understand it, is more than the muscle in your chest. It it describes the, the core of your soul. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by Jackie and Ken Miller. If you would like to join our family here at the Millennial Catholic Podcast, you can do so by joining us at patreon.com slash the MC pod. If you would like to help us grow a little bit, you can subscribe to us on Google and Apple Podcasts. While you're at Apple Podcasts, you can 
leave us a rating and write a review. It helps us spread the word a little bit. And until next time, God bless.